Cue the music. Cue the music. All right. Welcome to Good Guys. Pew, pew. I'm Christian Hanley. I'm Aline Boatwright. And I'm John Borden. He says leading into the microphone. <laughs> what's up, y'all? Uh, what's going Hello, on? Happy belated turkey day. Yeah, man. Happy belated extra couple of pounds day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Because I, w- I was doing good up until Thanksgiving. I was. I was trying to not, not pack like, look, more winter sign pounds. I, I know that we'll appreciate this because we've had a few, just a few of those meals where you just can't stop. And this year, you know, learning some lessons from previous Thanksgiving, I think all of the cooking, let alone mine, got to the point where it's just like everybody's just, you, you look around the table and people are, having to pace themselves because they just went too hard on that first plate or two. <laughs> yeah. And then you realize you just have nothing but desserts. And the yeah. the only saving grace is that dinner was early enough so you could just sit and let your food digest. <laughs> like I didn't get why people would say, yeah, you should have your Thanksgiving early as early as you think is reasonable. Hmm. So we scheduled it for three o'clock and we yeah. still ate at like four. <laughs> Not my fault. I was ready at three. I was ready at three. Doggone it. We're going to stick to it, as you both know. <laughs> um, but we were scheduled for four and wound up eating like six. So that's that. I'm not going to say anything about the Boatwright household because you're right, my brother, right. and I'm I'm gonna leave that I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> but you know, by six o'clock, six thirty, after everyone had some, I just got straight itis. Uh, there's a little football on. You know, you had enough time for dessert, but yeah, yeah. you gotta you gotta do it early. Hmm. Like, you know, and you don't want to be driving home stuffed. I guess it's not yeah, comfortable. Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, that's that's not comfortable. I mean, we we did it probably the earliest ever this year. Um, I mean, I say we we I wasn't hosting. I went to my aunt's house, but I was staying, so we we drove up to um, Western Massachusetts. I uh, went to my mom's house, and then we went to uh, my aunt's house for Thanksgiving dinner. And yeah, I mean, that's like a two hour drive from one house to the other hour and a half. But doing it early was nice because then like, yeah, on the way home in the evening, you know, it's the northeast in November. So it was dark by like 3.30 p.m. Right. Um, But not being stuffed on the drive home. Yeah, that was key. That was key. (laughs) It was funny because another one of my aunts who was there, (laughs) she was looking at the stove clock. I'm like, okay, okay. If we stop now, chill for a bit, walk the dog, go home, whatever. There's still time for seconds in front of the TV later. And I'm like, how can you even think about like a follow-up to Thanksgiving the same day? Like having leftovers as I had. Well, well this, this year was, was interesting for me because, you know, over the last, you know, six or eight months or so, I've been actively trying to cut back how much I've been eating. And, and uh, you know, my appetite hasn't really reduced. It's just been me by force of will not eating as much as I typically would want to. But what I realized is that my stomach probably has shrunk a bit. So I was, you know, I sort of took the, took the safety off this, this, uh, <laughs> during Thanksgiving <laughs> and I went back to my old, uh, appetite, but my stomach has shrunk and, and it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been after eating, you know, and, and when, and we eat, uh, we have a lot for, for Thanksgiving, like, cause yeah. the, 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 the thing is, is that we have a vegetarian, a pescatarian, then I eat everything atarians that my wife, myself, and my son are. And then we had two uh, additional guests. 
So there was something for everybody, which is what we typically have done over the years. So we always have a lot of different things. Like we don't just have turkey and stuffing and we have turkey, shrimp, gumbo, uh, vegetable stuffing, regular stuffing, you know, vegetarian gumbo, seafood gumbo, oxtails, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, macaroni cheese, greens. Oxtails. Oh my God. All of that. And there's still some things I'm leaving out, frankly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, that that's one thing I do enjoy about our Thanksgivings that we we put that together and we've been doing that for a long time. But, you know, so, you know, I, I, I definitely I felt physically tired and and out of it after I was eating <laughs> like I felt really pain and I was tired. I was like, oh, I just, I just sat down and just sat down on the couch like this. You know, that was it. Yeah. I'm sorry. What was that? You sat down like how? <laughs> sat down on the couch and passed out. That's what happened. <laughs> See, I, I'm glad you, you you joked about that. The thing I can't get past is the the one scientist in the room here on the pod here talking about um, what did you just say? Eat everything at Terrians. Like, <laughs> you you know there's an actual word for that, right? <laughs> like omnivore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to ask why did you just say we had an omnivore uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving? <laughs> No, it's not when you eat everything, Aleem, because that's what we're talking about. You ate everything. Well, you know, I, literally I like from the Ruta to the Tuta. I, I like the crude sound of of the the manufactured word better than the the official one, because that's what it is. It's just it's gratuitous. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, no, I eat, eat I ate way too much. Bottom line, way too much. But yeah. it was good. We have a lot of leftovers. So. I will continue to eat way too much until I've gained all the weight back that I've lost, and. Uh, I have to start all over again. <laughs> See, I had the opposite reaction. I mean, I, I don't have any leftovers, of course, I didn't host. But um, driving home, uh, once I get back to the area, like I had nothing in the fridge. I was gone for about a week. Um, and my first stop was going to the Asian market and just loading up on greens and veggies. I'm like, I'm going to eat this week, but I need to, like, I don't want to say undo, but, like, you know, I I had my fill of, like, turkey and gravy and mac and mm. cheese i have to like make it a little bit a little bit lighter a little bit cleaner do some some stir yeah because yeah. i just I was yeah. like so yeah. so what did each of you contribute to your meals to to the family meals uh i made a turkey 13 pound turkey a couple of racks of ribs uh collard greens macaroni and cheese uh, sweet potato souffle. That's it. Well, that's quite a bit. You know, that was a big <laughs> that's it. You know? I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't was... do that much. But go ahead. So, well, I, I, I it's not say. really. What I've learned is that it's really a matter of timing. I mean, like poultry is not that complicated to make if you've done it enough. You know, like yeah. it doesn't require a lot. It just requires time. Time. Yeah. So what I did this year that was different was I salt brined or dry salt dry brine dry my brine. turkey and you know that i could have done it longer but that sat for like 12 hours before i prepared it and uh and then as long as you know how to properly hydrate the turkey before you put it in you have a little bit of grace with the timing you know but the timing was good i started that early in the morning relatively early like 7 a.m and it took about four hours and then i had prepared the macaroni and cheese the night before the greens had been cooking the night before 
like these are things that require a lot of prep, but not a lot of oversight once you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So once everything was done by like 11 o'clock in the morning, I had time to go clean my patio, uh, put on the ribs, you know, let them just slowly smoke. I had, you know, center cut spare ribs and it was simple. Other people were bringing sides and other dishes. So you were hosting. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah we were hosting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but I, in the past, like crazy person, and we do this on the 4th of July, as you know, maybe not as much on the 4th of July, but you know, at my house, the kitchen's upstairs and you got to get to the patio downstairs. So the first year we held Thanksgiving here, I tried to do ribs. I tried to smoke a ham and do the turkey and everything was like a, a B minus B. <laughs> and this year, you know, Chanel did the ham, which I mean, like, look, it's already cooked. You're just heating it up and glazing it. So it's not. Wait, 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 wait. Why? Wait, 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 wait. Why? Thankfully, like, she made the ham. I mean, not that she made it. She just heated it up. You know, <laughs> like whatever she did. <laughs> Yo, but let me tell you, to my wait, wife's no, credit, no, 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 no. The the reason. This is right, a, so. There's two reasons. Bespoke. There's two reasons I put it like that. There's two reasons I put it like that. One, I wasn't particular. Like I purchased the ham, and. It was it wasn't an afterthought, but it wasn't like the main thing. Like it was a relatively small ham. You're digging this hole deeper. It was an however, afterthought. However, she made the best <laughs> stuffing I have ever had in my life. Okay. Like it stole the show. Like <laughs> I do not I I I don't recall any time where I've gone back as much as I have for stuffing. The only thing I go back for more is maybe macaroni and cheese and ribs. Like the stuffing was that good. Like, it was so good. I remember that she did the ham, but I'm telling you, if you would have had the stuffing. Like, it was the same, and like, whatever. Like, we did the ham because also her dad really likes ham, too. And I'm like, so do I. Mm -hmm. And the ham was actually still really good, but the stuffing was mind-blowing. <laughs> well, fantastic. What well, You cleaned it up. You cleaned it up. What, what, what about you, Christian? What did you, did you prepare anything? Uh, other than taking an eight-year-old solo on a thousand mile round trip no that was that was my contribution <laughs> took a break. No, 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 i mean so no so yeah i mean usually you know i'm always the one cooking um well john and i when we get together it's a whole different story but um no i mean so the way i made it work this year for thanksgiving was my aunt had um texted to invite us and i was already like preparing for another trip in october and so you know, said thanks. I'll look at flights and, and trains, and I get home and get settled again. And in those couple of days, um, it, flights and trains just got booked up. And so I realized the only way to do it was to go to my mother's house first, work remotely from there, which you know give my son time to have time with his nana and his cousins and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so we had like several days where I mean, granted I had to work all day, but in the evenings we had time together, so that was nice. Um, and then on wednesday night we got ready and then <clears throat> drove over to the other side of the state to see my aunts and uncles and cousins and have thanksgiving over there on thursday uh and so anybody who was like driving traveling locally like within state brought you know a dessert or something but my aunt really did most of the work almost all of it really uh and we just did all the traveling we were the only ones who came from more than i'll say 100 miles away mm. so we were the, we were the the long distance travelers. That was that was our contribution. Our presence was enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's cool. That's cool. 
You know, I, I, um, I had the responsibility for the turkey this year. Um, you know, and only people who are eating. Tur- well, my my parents don't. Was eat it the fish? Turkey. Was it a fish turkey? <laughs> it was not Wait, a fish turkey this time. Now. But you know, I, I, what's, I'll what's come to turkey? I'll come to my my special my special uh, uh, dish was that it, I prepared. Wait, was it the blanched branch block broccoli? No, 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 it wasn't some broccoli. <laughs> Come on, man. Good, I do love broccoli. Oh, I didn't even mention the vegetables we had at the at the the, the dinner, by the way. But no, um, you know, string beans and squash and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, um, but so I had to do the turkey, right? So I got this pretty nice seventeen and a half pounder from Costco, paid sixty some dollars for it. Way more turkey than we're ever gonna we're gonna eat. <laughs> so brought that home. And I said, okay, I'm gonna brine it. You know, I didn't do a dry brine. I, I I will consider dry brining next time, by the way. But I, I said, I'm going to brine it. I uh, yeah, bought a little brining kit, so it was something simple. That I, so I didn't have to think too much about what to put in it. Had it had it all said, I said, I'm going to do this a day in advance so that I can partially – what I wanted to do, I wanted to smoke it partially and then finish it off in in Jersey when we got there. I was like, I don't know how it's going to work out that way, but I'm going to do it, and we're, we're going to get it right. So I, I spent had it brining for probably 14, 15 hours. Um, Pulled it out, you know, after, so the whole day, uh, this was on Tuesday, on uh, the whole day, I said, okay, uh, I'm going to make this gumbo, my, my, my special gumbo. Now, this is, this is, this, that, that dish, I, I will, I, that's my, my favorite thing that I've ever made. It's probably worth $30 a bowl, to be honest with you, because of all the stuff I put in it. But I'll tell you about tell you guys about that some other time. But the bottom line is, I spent all day. Well, I've that. seen you. I've seen you customize your own pizza at a restaurant on John's <laughs> birthday, and I I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> I mean, it's way, it's way too expensive for to be called yeah, gumbo. I but, it. but the reality is, so so I got I got it ready. I got the, I had my my wood chips and everything. So I have an electric smoker here, you know. So I I, I take the easy way out from you. You know, you guys do the hard work. I, I don't do smoking. I, smoking for me is is a nightmare because of the attention you have to pay to it and the time it takes. Watching you guys, I'm like, nah, I can't. I can't do. It. I can't do it because it's what you you get into the yeah. That's this is easy. It's easy. Aleem doesn't like food. He doesn't like good tasting food. I hate food. No, but so so but but a long time ago I bought this grill. It had an electric smoke. I was like, one one day I'll actually use it. So I was like, now's the perfect time. It'll fit the turkey just just perfectly. And what I do with the turkey? So I I actually cut the legs off, debone the thigh, wrap the thighs in twine, and just so so it it, it creates this like nice little sliceable chunk of, of of dark meat that's just just great usually. So I said, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna smoke it, put it in there. And so I had it all prepared late that night around 12 o'clock or 11.30 p.m. I said, I'm putting in the smoker. I said, Alexa, wake me up in an hour, basically, you know, using the little technology we have. Laid down on the couch, face down. Six hours later, I woke up. In a in a snooper, stumbling around, run out to the to the to the, to the smoker. <laughs> that thing, it was it was it was smoked. It was smoked. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Aleem, you started to smoke the turkey at what time? Yeah, about midnight. About midnight. Yeah. With the, the intent of probably leaving it there for about an hour and a half, and mm-hmm. it was it was thoroughly smoked. So what I had to do at that point. Was throw that away. Obviously, I went back to Costco. Of course, they had no turkeys that were in on display anymore, but they had some in, back in the freezer, in the back, so to speak, or in the in the freezers that are off the off the main line. 
and there was one 15 and a half pounder. I was like, all right, I'll take it. Frozen solid. Like, you know, not just part of the, if you hit somebody with this, it would kill them. That kind of frozen, right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh my goodness. So I said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go go to Home Depot, get a five-gallon bucket. I'm going to bring it home. not going to take it out the plastic. plastic. I'm going to put it in, get some boiling water, and we've got a three-and-a-half-hour drive to Jersey. I put some boiling water in the in the bucket, right? So here's the thing. I sous vide the turkey. <laughs> Partially sous vide the turkey, right? So okay, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Rapidly defrosting. <laughs> In the plastic bag, inside of a Home Depot plastic bucket, on the Jersey Turnpike, is not sous vide. Grissom <laughs> is close enough. No, see, I didn't. I didn't. I thought about that. I had a fleeting what? thought about that when I started to do it. I'm like, man, this is probably going to do it too fast. I started trying to do heat transfer calculations in my head. I'm like, I, I quickly learned that I'm too far removed from that to really do this efficiently. I'm driving like, okay. Is it- so on 200 degrees, uh, 32 on outside. I'm, I'm actually trying to do this. this heat trend, and I'm like, I just said, screw it. So by the time I got to Jersey, I pull it out. And sure enough, it had started to cook the outside a little bit. It was just, I was like, okay, this isn't bad, though. It was fully thawed, right? And and I said, all right, well, I'm just going gonna, gonna to run with this. So I said, I have to brine it as soon as I get there. So I then I, then I brined it. Again, I did the you know the wet brine. Same same kit I had before. I was able to squeeze out about 11 and a half, 12 hours of brine, which was, I figured that's sufficient. And then I used my father's grill to try it. I said, I'm not going to be able to smoke it because, you know, my aversion to smoking. So I said, I'm going to barbecue it, basically. So I got Yeah, this feels like it's about to get worse. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say this. this, this was, <laughs> was the, it's like, this I just like... learned from 12 hours ago, I'm going to run it back again, except worse this time. It was the broad daylight, and it, and it actually, I actually, yeah, I, I was in, bit, in a better comfort zone with the uh, with the barbecuing because it, it wasn't midnight. Be, no, no, it wasn't. It and like thirty out, degrees outside. <laughs> it, no, it was, it was not. It was. It wasn't that bad. Actually, about forty five ish, fifty. But it turned out to be the best turkey I've ever made. But I will say, it, it after it sat for a little while, it it didn't hold that moisture. The way it was supposed to be. So as soon as it was sliced, it was done. It was great. But now it's a little dry. Like it, it's not like a long lasting uh, moistness. Oh, because it was cooking yeah, yeah. on the New Jersey Turnpike in your trunk. Right. <laughs> it has. Is that a, what it was, exactly. Elaine? Is that what it was? I've used maple syrup and and a compound butter I made to sort of baste it and, and over and over. It, it, it came out. I to was, put on your 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 turnpike sous vide, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 turnpike yeah, sous vide. Yeah. Well, I brought two ninety five, so you guys, you know, the turnpike, you know, leave the turnpike alone. But no, but no, it was, so that's, that was my odyssey this year from, from cooking. But yeah, my this, man, this, this John, John, I, I'm just picturing like John. Can you see this? I'm just picturing like the the boat rights doing a remake of um, National Lampoon's. Uh, Christmas vacation. Just there like, ain't, ain't nothing like, National Lampoon has like... on what Aleem just described. No. Like, it's not possible. Like, I've actually lost his... I, I lost kind of the timing because I didn't know when he left. I thought this is all happening in like a 12-hour period. It's over two days. Yeah, so like, I, I, I was running around for two days with this turkey. With turkey, turkey odyssey. Oh my, my God. goodness! But it turned out all right. That's all. That's that's. It all came together in the end. We had a wonderful dinner. 
Dang. Well, there's nowhere to really go from that. I mean, I yeah. think we kind of maxed out Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to talk about yeah. like different traditions, but really, Aleem, I think we should just move on to the next topic because I, I ain't nothing else to say. That you really I, talk about? I don't even know where to go from there. That's uh, oh, listen, it's good turkey. My son had a turkey sandwich today, and there's probably still plenty left. So. All right, well, well, I, I can sure do this. I'm like, look, <laughs> for for all of our listeners, you know, we have we have a list of hot takes that we want to go through, and a couple of them have to do with Thanksgiving, and I'm trying to figure out whether or not we should talk about what the best and worst leftovers are. But I think, Aline, you might have the best of both. You have the best and the worst, I, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, John, I, I don't think we can do, we we can't just move off from this because now now I'm thinking to myself. What would I rather have for my my Thanksgiving leftovers? That turnpike sous vide. Sorry, two ninety five sous vide. With, no, we got to go with the alliteration. With, it's the turn. With, with, yeah, yeah or the turnpike sous vide with with the like you know Mrs. Butterworth's topping, whatever the, you, you did, right? Hundred percent maple, I, amber maple. Aline, okay. if I had found out you would have used Mrs. Butterworth, I would have gotten <laughs> off the pod right now and taken a month hiatus. I would have talked to you in 2024. No corn syrup here. No corn syrup. Is that sure. Okay. Okay. So, from so, where? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say from South Jersey. Giant. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We call it Stop and Shop in New Jersey. See, he didn't even get the question, though. Uh, he, he answered in the store. I'm talking about the, the location yeah. of the tree. Oh, Vermont, I, I, Vermont no. of course. That's the only place maple exists, right? <laughs> Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go quite, with that. We'll go with that. I, and this I'm is just... this is also the guy that cooks on the electric smokers, so maybe this, <laughs> yeah, this is what well, we expect. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is like, um, yeah. It's like you go to somebody's house for a barbecue for the first time, and you see the the dudes out back working on a gas grill. <laughs> you mean the outdoor oven? The yeah, outdoor the outdoor oven. oven. Exactly. The, yeah. They're yeah. doing a little baking outdoors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get get your oven mitts and put the the cookies out there. Yeah, exactly. The outdoor oven. No, but little... seriously, now I'm wondering what would I what would I rather have out of the, that fridge right now for leftovers? The the turnpike sous vide with the the maple whatever, right? <laughs> or go back to that six hour. I might actually prefer the over smoked, deboned turkey legs. <laughs> That I mean, might, like that actually sounds more palatable. Uh, no, Christian, trust me, you would have been impressed. Well, you you would not have known that this was terrifying to me. <laughs> you would have been like, "Wait a second, what did you do? You did something special in this." You know, like, yeah. Hey. The I, only thing I can I think about now I, I is. Think... No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, the only thing I can think about now, in my mind, you've just got some undercooked turkey that is clearly undercooked, not 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 cooked, like undercooked. Like it's just like some deep mm-hmm. yellow color with the little feathers on it. Well, after the sous vide, it was just like cartoonishly you know, undercooked. <laughs> after the sous vide, it, it was like you would boil the turkey, right? That's exactly what I'm. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, like you can't in my mind because we ain't see it. You had a nasty turkey, Aline. I'm I'm just picturing that 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 could be like his remake of 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 National Lampoon here. That that that'll be the title. It'll be you called Salmon. It, it'll, it'll be called Salmonella and Secaucus. That, that, that's that's it. That's it. Salmonella 2023. and Secaucus. 
That's right, Jersey. It's actually perfectly consistent with. No, I ain't gonna say that. My wife is from Jersey. I ain't trying to get in trouble. Salmonella and Secaucus. I like that. Yeah. No, but see now, see now. I think after this pod, I really might like just start getting T-shirts made up. Just you know, whatever, like range of colors. You know, get some like brick red, some green, whatever. Just you know, a little collection with just plain white. You know, plain white uh, font, a little like graphic. Just a big white bucket with turkey legs coming out, a little bit of steam. Turnpike sous vide. That'll just be like the t-shirt right there. Just some people in the background vomiting. (laughs) (laughs) And giving you the finger at the same time. I I just had turnpike sous vide. Salmonella Sakakis 2023. Get your vomit buckets, y'all. Home Depot. It's a reasonable method of cooking a turkey. I'm still still so mad, though, that you went after you went to Costco. After you went to Costco to get another jerky, you then were like, shit, I can't defrost this. Home Depot! That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go Home Depot. Yo, here's the thing about Aleem. I love about Aleem. It's every solution. He'll take the scheme, though. Like, he's like, yo, once I'm in, I'm in. Like, and like, look, it does, It could be, hey. it could be the Sea Caucus Salmonella. Oh you know, it could be, I ain't going to put his business out on the street, but when Aleem gets into something, like, he's in it. It was going, it was going to work one way or another, John. It was going to work. It was going to, I'm going to make it happen. All right. Yeah, one of these days, one of these days, you gotta tell them about your your wallet story, man. Oh, what what which wallet story? Oh, oh, you talking about the, the most recent one? one. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness! Now we'll leave that to some other time. That was a traumatic event. <laughs> yeah, we we gonna say that for another pod. <clears throat> no, all right, no. all right. So, but here's the question though: best and worst leftover. Rapid fire, real quick. Aleem, best, best leftover. Best best leftover. It's got to be the oxtails. Got to be the oxtails. They are—they just are—they're good forever. Um, until you know, they don't last forever, but they taste good until the last drop. Worst leftover. I don't think I don't think worst leftovers get eaten. So I, that's, a, that's a hard one. I'm gonna let somebody else go. Come back to me on that. <laughs> I, I got an answer for that too, Christian. What you got? Best and worst. So best. So I got I got I got two contenders for best. The first would be just sort of for old time sake, a childhood favorite, making um, leftover sandwiches, you know, mm. getting a little bit of dark meat turkey, a little bit of the stuffing, a little bit of cranberry sauce, making a sandwich. <clears throat> but um, I, I, it's between that and mac and cheese. And I say mac and cheese because, one, mac and cheese is the greatest food ever. <laughs> ever. And, and, <laughs> and I've learned this having a mac and cheese addict for a son as well, is that if you want to make your mac and cheese as if it were brand new the next morning or the next the next day, instead of nuking it, you can go and put it in a you know little saucepan, little pot, add a little bit of milk, and add additional cheese to right. it, and it's like it's brand new all over again. So I love yeah. that. Uh, worst, oh god, probably green bean casserole, all coagulated. <laughs> you know, I yeah no, yeah no. I can see that. No, nah, not my thing. No. All right, John. What about you? Yeah, this year's macaroni and cheese. So here's I'm a, I'm gonna give macaroni and cheese for both, right? Because okay. when you have great macaroni and cheese, you just eat it all the time. But if you miss yeah. the mark with macaroni and cheese because the expectations are so high, 
you, you just yeah. are disappointed. And that is also the macaroni and cheese that leaves the house. Because if it's really, True. once it comes into the house, it ain't going if it's proper macaroni and cheese. If it's not, hey, man, I ain't got no room in the fridge. You got to take that with you. <laughs> like, you can kind of manage with the other stuff because, you know, macaroni and cheese, as far as I'm concerned, is closer to entree than it is to side dish. You know, yeah. and, you know, you keep it. Again, that's just me. Mm. Um, but, you know, everything else you can kind of work around. You kind of pick through. But if the mac and cheese ain't right, dinner's not right. And, and it can just go. Yeah. That can be the worst, 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 worst. Some people might say turkey, but like, you know, I my suspicion is that most people don't like turkey because they haven't had good turkey. That could be, yeah. A lot I mean, of stuff turkey is not yeah. not juicy enough after uh, long after it's cooked, you know. I mean, but you get like I you either haven't had a good turkey that's been baked, or you haven't had a fried turkey, because that fried turkey situation so, is the so, business. So let me let me ask you this: so, so I, I always I consider fried turkey cheating. Like I just, I just, I is just. Is it not know. turkey? It's cheating because it's too easy. How do you eat your chicken? How it's do you too chicken? Okay, okay, it's too okay. Easy. How I, do you eat your chicken? No, 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 no. Like, I, no I need to. Required to fry a good turkey. My 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 dad's buddies down the street from us. You know, uh, they were frying turkeys like like fifteen turkeys the night before Thanksgiving. While I'm, you know, I'm still plotting my sous vide turkey and that I'm going to start. I was gonna, I was gonna say glass <laughs> houses here, I man. I could have given it to I could have given it to him and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to fry with them. I said, no, that's cheating because it's too easy. I said, I, I want to I struggle through this and get it right. But oh, you I'm struggled. Be the best. You, you struggled. I did struggle. <laughs> you the got the Home Depot receipt to prove it. The best fried turkey I've had. <laughs> so I, that's okay, why. Okay. I, uh, aside, from, aside from the simplicity of the mechanics, what about frying a turkey, though, is cheating? It's It's... You don't have to. You don't have to do anything. the 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 hot oil does everything for you. Like you don't have to watch. You don't have to base. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't even really have to season it that well. I mean, it, it holds whatever season yeah. you put under the skin right there. You know, that's the whole point. That's the whole I point. <laughs> that's almost. It's like it's like the equivalent of using a microwave to boil water. It's like it's a shortcut. You know. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It tastes good and so forth. So of course, you're saying something is wrong with you're it. You said it was cheating. <laughs> well, it was, it like you said it's deceitful. It depends on how you feel about it. No, no. People have different different standards. I don't. But it, but the point is, <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> Let it go. He's he's married. Just let's keep going. That it's it is delicious, but. It's now. It's no test of your ability to get it right. It's like it's, you know, it's easy. Yeah. Well, see, so me, let, let me ask, me, let me ask you this: Would you rather have a mediocre to bad turkey that you really like, blood, sweat, and tears, and you were like, "Yo, I did it," or would you have a turkey that was simple to make, and you were like, "Yo"? This is the best turkey I've ever had. See, you're asking the wrong guy because dog <laughs> No, I'm asking the right guy. You brought it up, Aleem. You oh, no. brought this up. That's what I'm telling you. If I spent all that time on it, it, it might be the driest cardboard. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to eat this. You know, because I'm eat, definitely going to this. All right? You're going to eat it with tears head. in your eyes. <laughs> I tried hard on that. <laughs> you're going to eat it. You just got cotton balls in your mouth. <laughs> Like your whole body's gonna go through osmosis. Listen, hey, <laughs> you put the work. It's not about. It's about the process. It's not. 
Yo, 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 I'm going to keep it a buck. There's nothing more disappointing than getting to the house on Thanksgiving and the food is not good. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that could well, be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's the whole point. Like, forget your process. The process better be good food. <laughs> well, you can I mean, go and buy it from somebody. Go go to, uh, to, to Popeye's and have them deliver all the food to you. All right, there you go. And I bet you it would be banging the chicken, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the fried turkey. I mean, okay, so I have a totally different take here. So if you're saying that that the reason why it's cheating is because there's no effort going into, like, making sure that the turkey isn't dry, it's seasoned, all that, isn't that more about the fact that turkey, absent massive intervention like frying, by default isn't that great? Like, think of it this way. Think think of it this way. Think of it this way. When 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 you're making certain things, right, like chicken, a lot of pork too, for that matter, you're doing a lot of work to add in flavor, to add in texture, to add in moisture. Like that's part of the skill, but it's also part of the fact. Like, it's not the great. I mean, no one goes and seasons a steak or lamb. If you do, you're an idiot. But I mean, like you're the premium meat like that it's the flavor is in the meat itself but mm. turkey like yeah the dark meat you don't need to do so much <laughs> but like turkey tur- <laughs> turkey the flavor is in the meat it's go ahead <laughs> yeah yeah walked right into that one walked right into that one. <laughs> oh man flavor is in the what Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, walked into that. But you know what I mean? Like turkey. I mean, you're, we started this whole tangent because we're saying like you know people who haven't had really good turkey for the most part don't like turkey, and I think that most turkey you get, whether it's you know at a deli or going to someone's house or whatever, like for the most part, it's not usually great, mm-hmm. right? So like, if this one method makes it great, why not use it? What's the what's yeah? No, I, I, and I guess I guess that, that that's fine. I just for for me, I, I guess what I wanted to do. And this this I was having a conversation with with my dad's buddies who while they were frying the turkey, I was like, you know, for me, what yeah. I want to do, I want to really get one right without frying it before I go to that to the frying method. Because yes, frying right. is it's it's a it's a very low, <coughs> you know, it's 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 idiot proof in a sense. You know? No, it's not. It, it, no, well, for keeping, no, 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 it's <laughs> not. <laughs> if you, As a matter of fact, I would strongly discourage YouTube. idiots from using <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if you, I was like, you like your own flesh. <laughs> <laughs> idiot proof to get it tasting right without, you know. If you, if you want to see the temperature at which vinyl siding can be melted off the side <laughs> of a house. <laughs> Buy a turkey. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, yeah, but Aleem, I'm not Aleem, sure. <laughs> you, you don't have a whole lot of credibility with taking shortcuts because you got an electric grill, man. You just said it. You Listen, just said. You I just said. Choose. I'm not willing to go I through all of the all of the rigmarole that that Christian and I go through when we're smoking ribs because it's too much work. And you're like, no, no, smoke right. Hey, when, hey, I, when I when I do a turkey dog on it, I need to start. <laughs> I need to start smoking it. 
at midnight. <laughs> and when it doesn't work, I need to go get a frozen turkey. <laughs> go to Home Depot. I don't know where you got that much boiling water. Hey, right? Listen, I had to boil and I, I, I was I was curious about that myself. Multi-tax. Where did all that boiling water come Fill from? That pot okay, up. okay. I had to measure it out. And, and they kept it from getting all over your car. Oh, yeah. Of course, we had a, we had a top on the bucket. But, you know, if I, you know. You were on. You were driving in New Jersey, at some point. Ain't no way that top stayed on. Oh yeah, I've driven on Jersey roads. It's a good ceiling. They're all (laughs) partially finished. (laughs) Not two ninety five. Gotta ride a two ninety five. In the north, in in New Jersey. (laughs) Uh, And I hope you mean two ninety five in Philadelphia. That's no, what goes to Philadelphia because that's the best. Two ninety five in Philadelphia, no. Yeah. So, so the the part that goes up two ninety five comes back down as ninety five through Philly. So no, so they changed it. Really? So ninety five goes through Philly, and then just at the at the tip of Philly, ninety five then goes across that new bridge. Oh yes, yeah, becomes yeah, a yeah, turnpike. Yeah. Yeah. But if you keep going north, it turns into two ninety five, still in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. So they kept it. The, the, okay. They changed that. You can take that all the way into Jersey. I haven't taken it since they did that. How, how about I've been taking it into the Pennsylvania side since they did that. How about that? It's yeah. it's totally stupid. Uh, guys, guys. Uh, just, just so you know, uh, nobody cares. Just want to you know. Hey, hey. Go back to enjoying your meat. Where are you, you New Englander? Get out of here! Get out of here! <laughs> okay, okay. But you have. Can, can we just like recognize for a moment that the just the obvious hypocrisy? You're, like literally, like seriously, talking about how how people are cheating on Turkey after all the shit you've said. Like, look, look. It all comes back to it does. It all comes back to the electric smoker. <laughs> that is that is that is a statement. That is a statement of character. It's a statement of character. Because look, because look, John, John. I mean, here's the thing. In 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 Aleem's defense, right? Do you want to actually smoke your ribs or what have you yourself and take credit for that and have pride of ownership, or? Do you want to set it and then use the app so you can go back inside the air conditioning and look on the Wi-Fi and just check your barbecue right there? I but mean, Christian, you know that makes it that actually makes it worse <laughs> because you could have just set a timer to John would have gone off by itself. No, there was no re- there was no reason you needed to overcook. Your, well, there is a reason because you're at midnight. Smoker doesn't have a time. It has a setting. It's I don't believe you. I don't believe you. It's a. <laughs> if it's an electric, it's it's got it's it's it as far a, as I'm concerned, it's it fully Wi-Fi enabled. The wood chips in and it just smolders the wood chips and creates the smoke, you know, because of the heat of it. Mm-hmm. It's just basically an electric oven with wood with a wood chip uh, sort of. Uh, trip. That's our point. Well, hey, <laughs> and that I, is our and point. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Nothing is anything wrong with that. You know, I'm okay with that. Somehow you overcooked the turkey twice. No, it wasn't overcooked the second time. It was perfect. It just was cooked twice in two different ways. Actually, three different ways because I did finish it off in the oven. (laughs) Just to make sure it was all done. Yo, get a fried turkey. I I, got to show you. Just because you get a fried turkey doesn't mean that you can't bake a turkey, man. Like, just because you do it once, you're like, ah, no, I can never do it again. Like, what? what? Did you fry fry yours? No. (laughs) No. <laughs> what? Me? No. I would. I would. I do want to fry it. I mean, I remember the first time I had a fried turkey, mm. and I was like, 
why do people eat any other kind of turkey? Why would like this is this is silly. <laughs> it's where where I if I give you some credit, it does feel like cheating because the amount of effort versus the taste yield yes, is yes. so much greater exactly. than baking a turkey. Exactly. But with that said, like who cares? Yeah, the, I I had I had um a, a woman at at my college, you know, at Penn State years ago. She was. She was like a, I don't know if she was an old alumni, but she was just a friend of the students and, and part of the Black Caucus. She used to come to our events and that sort of thing. And she was, uh, her name was Mama Price, we called her basically. But she would cook for us and things. And she made this turkey one time. Oh my gosh. Like, and, and at that point, after eating the turkey that she prepared, I said, I I don't believe that I, that, that, you know, fried turkey can beat this, you know, because it, it, it couldn't. It was it was so perfect, juicy, tender, flavorful, everything. And it was not fried. So I'm like, no, it can be done. It can be done without frying. So ever since then, I was like, no, I don't I'm not going to fry it until I can reproduce what she had with what she got out of her turkey. So and when I do that, then I'm going to go to fry. My cousin actually, you know, my wife's cousin, uh, you know, he actually had an oilless fryer. He did one year for us and brought a turkey, and that was that was real good too. So is that just air frying? Uh, it's like infrared. Yeah, that? It used infrared. So I, I I haven't seen anybody use one since I he used that one, but it was you know the oh. you know the the secret to mo- moist poultry butter. <laughs> well, lots I, I used the top butter, butter, butter on this one. Yeah. No, but yeah. it's not just putting it on top, but you got to get skin. it underneath the skin. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. it's not just like pieces. You got to like pour it with your seasoning in it. Yeah. I, that... I, I made a compound butter and I layered it all over inside the turkey under the skin. So that's, that's why I, you know, I got, I, I made this turkey do what it do. Come on now. I don't believe you. <laughs> I did. I, listen, I got pictures. Salmonella, the Secaucus Salmonella Turkey of 2023. <laughs> the salt brine kept the, the bacteria down. You know? <laughs> well, uh, okay. I, I believe you. <laughs> but the food poisoning that your family has doesn't. Oh my goodness! You guys, I, I, I'm saving some some of this gumbo for you guys, though. Like you, you I, I think you'll love it. You'll love it. It's good stuff. That, well, that was I'm definitely right. down for gumbo. That was, that was the crown jewel. All right, so here here's one more topic: Thanksgiving topic. What was the uncomfortable conversation that you had for thank over Thanksgiving, or did you have one? I know I did, but did you all have one? And like, look, we all got interesting folks in our families. Well, hang on. You 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 can't like start the question off like that. It's like, oh, I I got a good one, and then pass the mic. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I said I, I have one. I have well, one. No, no. Right ahead. Yeah, no. So what what is it? What All is right, it? So John. like there there were there were two. There were two. Um, one. I've got a family member that I care about deeply, um, and they were sharing with me that they were not into Christmas anymore because they learned the origins of the holiday <laughs> and this is kind of like okay. you know we, we're trying to you know put you on the game you know like we think about it differently to which i just picked up immediately oh because it was like a pagan holiday celebrating the winter solstice that may or may not have had to do with a lot of uh purient activity and they were like yeah i was like okay that's still mm-hmm. meaningless to me you know like it's not going to take away from how i approach christmas as a religious holiday and or vacation um, but it is interesting when someone's trying to 
put you on game, you know, like give you some knowledge mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it still doesn't change the way that I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second one, the more complex one, which <clears throat> I can start and then maybe we can use it as a transition, but was about uh, Israel Hamas, um, but specifically the uh, the Zionist Christian um prophecy that mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. dispersed Jews need to be resettled in Israel and encouraged to convert to Christianity and or will be compelled to convert to Christianity because them being back in Israel will bring about the uh second coming of Christ. And the discussion was like it it's interesting because on one hand it's like, look, just to be clear who the actors are and what the history is. Uh, and then once you clear that, because that's not really what it's about, it really is about this biblical prophecy. Well, then it's like, do you have a question about theology? Because that really, that's really what it is. You know, like there, this is uh, a segment of Christian theology and probably Hebrew theology that interp- that has an interpretation that says this is that. But, you know, when you have a conversation about it being compared to conflicting scriptures that say you really don't know when it's going to happen just be ready you know it's kind of hard to but it's kind of hard to have that conversation because it does become well like look i got my point and i'm really just trying to convert you to my point i'm not trying to have a theological discussion i just don't want you to miss out and it's like well i just don't agree (laughs) and then at some point you just have to find a segue to the conversation now what i did i played it smart this year i didn't sit down for any prolonged period of time to have a conversation I'd listen to a part of the conversation that I wanted to dive in, throw my fact grenade, <laughs> and then just jump out. And it worked brilliantly. Like I was brilliantly. gonna ask you to like just stay at the kids' table, stay with the kids, you know. <laughs> I was I was making every this was this was actually full disclosure, this was the day after Thanksgiving. You know, okay. so my you know, we're just we're all sitting. We have folks stay over, stay the night. Um, so we're just sitting and I'm like, okay, well let me tell you, and then I go through the the history of as we've done on the pod, you know, talking about the history of European, uh, of Zionism in Europe, especially in Great Britain, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of key touch points, you know, after World <laughs> War One, the run up to uh, Sykes Pico, the run up to 1948, the Nakba, the Nakba um, and then so on and so on. But, you know, it's like, look, you know, we, I'm not going to also sit here and defend the Israeli government, every action the Israeli government's taken, and then at the same time pile on Hamas. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be clear. And this is the point that I made. And then I dove out. I was like, look, Hamas isn't the Palestinian government. Like they're just some dudes holding, they're leveraging a tent situation Mm -hmm. to their benefit. Mm -hmm. And their own benefit, yeah. Their own benefit. And then Benjamin Netanyahu (laughs) is an opportunist who was five minutes away from spending maybe the rest of his life in jail. (laughs) And now he's trying to use (laughs) this as an opportunity like, Mm. And then, of course, the conversation was like, you know, this is and I'm not saying it's not, but, you know, well, this is all God's plan anyway. Like we need to like he was sit there to get all these Jews back in. And the real question, the only response to that is like, well, yeah, if that's what you believe, mm-hmm. you know, but anyway, that that is that so is the most tense. So if if I get this correctly, you, you basically spent Thanksgiving intellectually crop dusting. Precisely. You just go from one table to the next just kind of oh no this was all in the same place (laughs) they would they would be talking 
I'd listen for that right point to come in. I'd drop in. I, you guys know my house. I'd go into the family room because you can hear from the kitchen. I'd go in the right. family room, literally sit down in the conversation, say, hey, guys, wait, let me just say this real quick. Say my piece. Then I'd leave and just let you guys talk about talk amongst yourselves. And then when I hear something else I want to talk about, I'll come back in. And it was interesting to hear the, the folks in the conversation kind of get to a point where it's like, yo, we just not going to agree. And it's interesting because, mm -hmm. you know, as you watch the flow of a conversation, it seems like it's so interesting, you know, and everyone's mm -hmm. so into it. They're excited to talk about it. And then the more they, they talk, you realize like, yo, we're just not going to agree. And then it gets to that mm -hmm. awkward space when you know you're not going to agree and you look for that exit. But see, I wasn't here for the awkwardness because I ain't about that. I'm in my house. I'm trying to eat breakfast, maybe mm -hmm. some leftovers. I want to make my point. I want to be maybe here for both. <laughs> maybe both. I want to be here for all the good parts of the conversation that I like and none of the unpleasantness. And that's how, that's how I did it. That's how I did it. Everybody should be taking notes. That's how you do it. That's how you, that's how you manage, you know, you crop dust to Christian's point. You crop dust the tough conversations. You get in, you say your piece, you dip out before anyone can disagree with you. That's how you do it. All right. Oh, I, you know, I, 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 um, so first thing, I have to understand about my my family gatherings like that is that it's usually pretty small uh, when we do like our Thanksgivings and, and Christmases. So it's just going to be like my mom and my dad, the three of us, and maybe a, a sprinkle of other close family friends or other family. And we don't really have a, a lot of um, contentious conversations with that group, right? There's not a lot of uncomfortable conversation. Simply because most of us think usually about the same about <clears throat> things like that. And, and if we don't, we probably aren't even talking about, them, you know, so, so mm -hmm. um, most of my uncomfortable conversations are more of an, of an, it happened on more of an, on an interpersonal level that probably shouldn't really discuss too deeply here. <laughs> but uh, uh, I will say that one conversation would come up after the holiday um, where uh, one of my relatives uh, since I've narrowed it down to so few, it's probably I can't even hide the identities. But there's been some some a particular person has caught the ear of one of my relatives that I don't mm. think should have anyone's ear. Um, and his name is Billy Carson. I don't know if you guys have an opportunity to look up who this guy is, Billy Carson. But uh, he's, mm. to say the least, uh, to say he is not all. All of his ideas aren't entirely sound. I'll put it like that. Um, okay. So he's got some weird ideas, but but he says them with conviction. You know, and we know what saying things with conviction does. It makes everyone believe it. So and it makes it true, in fact, right? Yeah. Whatever you say with conviction, it makes it fact. Um, well, at sure. least that's how he, that's how he operates. So so he'll People say like some that, yeah. things and he'll throw so, a sprinkling of um, uh, um, maybe possibly fabricated credentials. Uh, up okay. as to what he's read and what he's done, and and just to get his audience, his listeners, uh, engaged, and um, and I think I'm sorry. I'm looking oh. at my man. Yeah, yeah. I should laugh, man. So, I don't know the brother. So yeah, so it's like uh, <laughs> Billy's. He's saying some things that don't make any sense, mm. and and on certain levels, to, to really be able to call uh, BS, as they say, on some of it, you have to know a little bit more mm -hmm. than what typically people might know and that's that's the trick so, right is that if you don't know those things that people that everybody doesn't know then um you, you it's hard for you to call this bs you know 
so I, I get suspicious when I see somebody um, with an ankh in the eye of Ra. <laughs> yeah. Well, Talking about forbidden yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Forbidden for knowledge. the number the number four. Yes. Bitten. Yes. And uh, <laughs> J- John, have you have you have you seen his uh, his podcast uh, artwork here? <laughs> you guys are already I, on it. Uh, already on it. <laughs> I, he, he's, and... he's a treasure trove of of, of hilarities. Uh, so, <laughs> oh my goodness! So, yes. They lied to us about Enjoy. Jesus. Enjoy. You, you thank me for this later. <laughs> so yeah, so he's wow. caught the ear of some folks that I'm I'm I find very I'm I'm very annoyed that he's caught their ear. You know. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that's the, that 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 would be my oh. uncomfortable conversation. Oh, 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 John, please, while you're Googling this guy, look up woke. Woke doesn't mean broke. broke. Yes, I see. Do, yeah. do you see do you see the cover art? Uh, it's not. Why isn't it? Oh, oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Why? Why wear a tie that's flailing in the cosmos with the cosmos <laughs> on your chest? Oh my goodness! Like, look, all right. Look, if we're gonna have a tangent here for a minute, which I think we should, I'm gonna tell you, I I have I have had so oh many God. conversations and exposure. Share your to, screen so everybody can see it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give platform to this brother. No, but I but I will say I can't. I can't. I think the 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 proper term is hotep. <laughs> you know, like at the core of it, at the core of it, in my experiences, it is an irrational and taught hatred of white people. Like, mm. you, you know, you can't. It is it is undisciplined. It's unfocused. And at its core, it's a belief in the that white people are demonic, mm. and everything works around that. And if that is your starting point, then everything can be true that you make up in your mind about white people. Mm. But I you mean, actually... we're not from the underworld; we just can't take too much direct sunlight. But that's not the same thing. Oh. It's not the same thing. But you know, you also got brothers that just want to be like, "Yo, I'm smart, man," and they actually might be smart. <laughs> like, first, you and I have talked about this. Like, we had. I'm not going to say the the person's name, but we had a per a, a friend in law school uh, that was intelligent enough to get to Howard Law. I mean, shoot, we had a whole bunch of friends. But anyway, um, <laughs> Lord have mercy. This is this is the tangent off the tangent <laughs> off the tangent. I was, I was like... talking. I was talking to one of our classmates last week, and wow. Um, at any rate, uh, our classmate put me on some game about our classmates. Anyway, but. You know, like people that are smart, but they don't get the right information. You know, like being mm-hmm. intelligent yeah. is is potential, but to really maximize right. that potential, it requires discipline, and discipline right. in most cases requires external pressure. Like it can't all exist in your mind. Mm-hmm. And well, I've... and getting getting reviewed, getting checked, getting embarrassed, having your peers like you know, you you have to have those sort of external boundaries and like you said that resistance that pushback otherwise you're just but it's in like your own a, little it's like what Aleem just said like to put it more plainly you you need to be you need to be able to withstand socratic critique mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you know so in if i were to bring some information to you that would challenge and like it's you know the the socratic method is about 
knowing the absolute limits of the strength of your counterpoint, knowing those inside and out before you can advance your argument. Mm -hmm. And I find that with so with, I'm going to talk specifically about brothers that I've encountered, whether it's the, the Hebrew Israelites. uh, I was okay. I was just thinking, didn't you used to, didn't you used to stand out somewhere when they'd be on the corner and you would try to debate them or something. So this happened, this happened once. But it was like okay, a prolonged okay. debate. But it was after our one O year, and I was okay. judicial interning at the uh, at the uh, at City Hall uh, for I ain't gonna say the judge's name, but oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. Anyway, but after work one day, <laughs> I hear these brothers talking, and I'm curious. Like the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, reading the Bible, studying, meditating in the Bible means a lot to me. So, like, I'm curious, and I'm thinking this is going to be an opportunity to have a robust debate because you know, naive twenty something year old me. It's like, okay, well, like, yo, let's let's get after it. Not the like, Israelites. No, and sir. No. Like, you realize within five minutes, like, the claims that they are making are so easily identified mm-hmm. as false yeah. and or clearly slanted towards a particular agenda that you can't mm-hmm. take them seriously. And I was trying to argue with them, like, look, I'm, re- I'm looking at the Bible right now. I'm looking at this passage. You have the cross-references. Uh, you need to explain to me how uh, the disciples were reconstituted in Africa and the 12 tribes of Israel were reconstituted in Africa (laughs) and they're the real descendants, you know? I mean, it's just like, it it was wild. And it's like, there's so much that you could, but that's not the point. The point is to tap into something that already exists that gives legitimacy to your prejudice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that a couple of times. And I don't know. I don't. I don't want to talk about. I mean, I'm, we're kind of laughing at what this guy has here, but I mean, the you no, know, not kind of. We are. You know, we're we're full belly laughing. We are full belly laughing. And you know, this 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 book. This is his. This is his. You know, Turnpike Turkey. This is you know. This is his thing. This is this is his salmonella. He's got to own it. <laughs> he's got to own it. But here's the thing. You can't. I, I firmly believe that, you know, coming to know something is not something that you can just possess. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's a journey. You know, if I were to be very Hellenistic in my approach, you know, like, to know something requires time. It mm-hmm. requires intimacy. It requires connection. And one of the ways that you know that you know something is that, um, how can I even say that? Yeah, it just it's it's the time. It's the connection that you have with it. You know, like there's a difference. I had a professor once say there's a difference between reading a biography of Aline Boatwright and knowing Aline Boatwright. You can read five biographies. It doesn't mean that you know. Them. Sure. sure. You know, like in order right. to know them, it requires an invitation and it requires time. You know, so, you know, but there's so many folks and not just brothers. I mean, we live in, you know, you know, whatever the percentage of people that are MAGA America. Mm-hmm. Like there is no fact that would disprove or dislodge them from what it is that they want to believe. Yeah, I, what I one thing that uh, Mr. Carson, uh, though that my father has latched on to a little bit, is that he, he talks a bit about Mars, right? And 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 how you know there's structures on Mars, and just you just have to look at the photographs. There's there's humanoid structures on Mars. Now you and I, John, have had the conversation about about alien life and whether that exists and that sort of thing. But I think. We're both pretty much aligned that 
that doesn't exist on Mars at the moment, right? At least we're, I think. We're... <laughs> no, no. There are humanoid structures on Mars because we sent them there. <laughs> and they no. crashed. Right. But, but Like, right. yes, I agree with you. But, but Billy Carson points out, you know, I guess that, oh, there's, Cam, there's footage of Mars, right? And, you know, there's pictures of it. You can look at it any time. It's like, yeah, I mean, NASA and scientists are looking at this constantly. And they're not concluding that there's actually humanoid structures that have, exist- that have been, been built on Mars that don't belong to us, in fact. So it's like the, the, the he, but and so, so when you start to examine simply the science of, you know, so, oh, there's, there's flowing water and so forth. And so, well, there's ice. Uh, I mean, but, you know, you, there, there's certain mm-hmm. things that we know are not possible, right? There's no atmosphere, for example, on Mars, right? So, you know, there's certain things that, that, that will pro- preclude from happening because there's no atmosphere. Um, there's, you know, no, there's, there's not much of one. Yeah, there's yeah. Little... There's, and there's, there's not, not enough there's, pressure. There's wisps. There's yeah. <laughs> well, not enough pressure. Any, yeah. any liquid yeah. water would very quickly evaporate. It'd evaporate. Yeah. Right. Well, so right. The, the bottom line is that there's, there's all kinds of things that he says that are easily disprovable if you really know certain other things, right? You know, you know. But anyway. So it's well, just, but, but that's, yeah, that, I think. But that's the point. I'm sorry to cut you off, Christian, but that's the point. Like, no, the no, gap. What's required to really start to understand something like it's not something that you can just, you know, take bits and pieces of information here and there to confirm a bias that you already have towards something else. Mm-hmm. Like even just mm-hmm. the things that you just described, we could talk about things for five minutes that are stuff that's easy to kind of learn, mm-hmm. you know, sure. like, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, ge- uh, geological sciences, whether mm-hmm. it's astronomy. Like some of the disciplines that are required to understand why Mars is different than Earth mm-hmm. and why it is unlikely that there are any humanoid structures on Mars. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not that complicated for very lay people, or I don't want to speak with both of you, but lay people, lay person like me to say, you know, not only is it not possible, I don't think Mars is that there are elements that are similar to Earth, but yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's as similar as people oh, yeah. think. No, yeah, there's there's other ones, other moons like Europa, for example. That yeah, exactly. Are but yeah, but that. No, that's, all that's I was going to say was that. All I was going to say is that that's how is that how is that different than getting into a, a deep and nuanced discussion with the Black Israelites? I mean, like you, you can have certain conversations with people who have <clears throat> maybe wildly different points of view, different perspectives, whatever, but they have the same baseline knowledge, education, what have you, that's a different conversation and a different exercise intellectually than talking to someone who they have deeply held beliefs, perhaps, but they're not there with you on the facts. That's that's two entirely different conversations altogether. I mean, like, even if we're talking about the idea of extraterrestrial life, someone who says, you know, oh, well, it could be the next planet over on Mars, like, they're not aware of the fact that you know, in the entire universe, we have this galaxy and in this tiny <laughs> on this tiny band in one corner of that galaxy in our solar system. Like we are, you know what I mean? Like the scale of the universe, the scale of the galaxy, they wouldn't even ha- have the frame of reference, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't realize that the reason why there statistically probably is life out there, but so far we will never see it. Our great grandkids will never even know of it. Because it will take you, what is it, 35 or 40 years at the present maximum speed of any 
rockets we currently have to just get out of our solar system departing from Earth. Right. I mean, like the first human made vessel to actually leave the solar system was launched in what, 1970 something? Yeah, Voyager 1. Yeah, Voyager. Yeah. And it didn't, it got out of the solar system, what, in the past 10 years? Yeah. Past five. Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. I think Voyager 2 actually made it first, but Voyager 1 left first. But I think it took a. I don't recall, but yeah, it's. Yeah, but I mean, it, it took basically 40 years, right? I mean, so that's the thing. It's Those are two different conversations altogether to have with some. I mean, because that's the thing. You can have completely different personal views, philosophies, whatever. But if someone is your peer, they're on the same page in terms of that baseline knowledge. That's a different conversation than when someone's like, hey, I heard this guy say a, a thing one time on a whatever. <laughs> like that's there's there's I, you should definitely have the conversation but i i also i i doubt the wisdom in getting too much into the weeds and coming across as as lecturing where it might actually be more productive to sort of just start asking questions like oh okay so like why do you feel that way or you know where did that come from right i don't know that that's that's just kind of my take it's it's i i applaud the um I, I applaud twenty-something-year-old John's <laughs> patience and, and and I don't know if I'd call it ambition, but just willingness to get out there on the street corner and like try to have that dialogue. But you know, there's there's a there's a, a world of difference between reason differences of opinion and just having you know just just unfounded beliefs. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's one of the great challenges of our society. I think the gap between the educated and the knowledgeable is growing by the day. I think it's just harder and harder to have that discussion because it's easier to confirm your biases mm-hmm. and it's even mm-hmm. more easy with the way that the internet does it. Absolutely. You know, like if you just want to have a bias confirmed, just, you know, type in mm-hmm. whatever it is that you feel like learning about. And there's going to be some corner of the internet. And the problem is people can't distinguish something that's factual and or something that's at least been reviewed and criticized by a group of similarly educated peers to just somebody saying something to your point, Aleem, with a lot of passion and vigor. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you tell the difference? Mm-hmm. And the problem is we're not, you know, as education is changing in society, people don't know how to explore to find the difference. And even if they do, you know, do you have the energy to do it? What's the uptake? You right. know, does that take right. away from time that you would have spending on other things that are going to help, you know, secure your livelihood? So I think. But Well, I mean, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Is that, that having a certain degree of education in, unfortunately, in this country, not in all Western countries, but in this one, it's to a degree, it's still a luxury, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. Um, <clears throat> and there are people, yeah, that, that just do not have the, the bandwidth. They're, they're still essentially trying to survive and, and make, you know, make ends meet. That's part of it. But then to your earlier point about, about confirmation bias. Yeah. I mean, it's so much easier to go on the internet now than at any other point And just, you know, I feel a certain way and just get other people who wrote things or made videos about things that, that confirm that. But it's funny because that's, um, that's, an emotional exercise in place of where there should be an intellectual pursuit, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going out there to learn the truth, that requires you to be able to accept the fact that on certain things, even things you care deeply about or have certain strong beliefs about, you could be wrong and that might not feel good. 
and you know the world is a big chaotic and scary place and sometimes it is just easier and feels a lot better and feels a lot more soothing to find people who agree like you and in, not information but content i guess you could say that confirms your worldview and confirms your opinions because it makes you feel better at the end of the day mm -hmm. and people don't like to be wrong you know like mm -hmm. it 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 is an awful feeling to find out something that you believed in for a long time either wasn't true or it it was not constructed on the grounds that you thought it was you know, like yeah. how many things do people grow up believing is noble and true in fact was some kind of concoction to get a desired outcome you know, and like, you know, this is the United States, baby. So there's all kinds of them. <laughs> yeah. cool. I was going to say, I'm going through my head right now. I'm like, right. mm, the the very Northern European Christmas we celebrate, even though Jesus was from the Middle East. Um, George oh, Washington and the down trees? tree that never existed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no shortage. <laughs> I think, um, you know, there's this, this, this natural... Well, I shouldn't say nationally, but people are inclined to root themselves in things that in, into in knowledge that they don't own, right? So, if, 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 yeah. how to explain that is that I think people they learn certain things and they make it a part of themselves instead of learning mm -hmm. something and then continuing to learn, right? It's like okay, well that's exactly that, that that's been exactly. taught to me. So, oh, I own that now. That's part of me. And so, if somebody it comes becomes and attacks, part of their identity. knowledge. It's yep. like, oh, no, you're attacking yep. me. No, no, no. I'm just trying to build right. on that knowledge and maybe mm -hmm. offer some alternatives. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to hear any of that because it's in there now. It's in. It's locked in. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. that's I mean, I, I can't. Yeah. I, I can't think of who, who the quote appropriately belongs to. But, yeah, it's it's much easier for someone to be fooled than to be convinced that they have been fooled. Mm -hmm. You know, the, it, that's the thing is that people will learn something when they're younger <clears throat> and it doesn't become just a piece of knowledge they want to build upon. It becomes part of their identity. And then at that point, if you start questioning that, and there's, I'm sorry, gentlemen, there is no better example of that on earth than religion, right? Well, you can point to things in any religion and say like, hey, like that's demonstrably like that's been disproven so for. That's a good, that's a good point. So it's a time. Yeah. Well, but then people will say like, you know, well, you're attacking me. No, I love you. Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with you. But like what you're saying mm -hmm. It's been debunked. No, it's like it's so, not. so so yeah, and 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 as a as a Christian person, as as someone who believes in 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 and has a particular faith mm. and so forth, I understand that. So my thing is, and and I mm. I, I I actually had an epiphany, if you will, probably when I was in high school, <laughs> right? I said, you know what? I used to debate people about faith and about religion, and I started to think, I was like, mm -hmm. you know, this doesn't make any sense because it is faith. That means I don't really understand all of it, right? I, I, right. Belief without fully understanding is part of what faith can be defined as. It's like I'm just mm -hmm. saying, listen, I don't get it entirely. If I did, then I wouldn't have to have faith. That's called knowing, right? Right. So, so I believe that. So, so I believe in what I believe, and that's where I, that that is that is the part that I that I draw the line. And it's like, okay, well, you know what? Mm -hmm. It doesn't all make sense from a physical standpoint, from mm -hmm. from my my training as an engineer, my, my knowledge of science, and mm -hmm. all these things don't necessarily make sense. Now, maybe if I had an elevated sense of science or knowledge of things, maybe that we might learn in the future. Maybe it could. Who knows? But the bottom line is that today, for me, it does not now. But I still have faith. Well, here's the but thing. But that's intellectual humility yeah. that you're pairing with faith. Mm -hmm. You have both the faith and the intellectual hu humility to realize that it's something that you grapple with and that you realize your limitations. Mm -hmm. 
so many people though they take like you said and it's not again i was i was saying this is you know the clearest example mm-hmm. but it's it's yeah. Oh, yeah. by no means the only sure. it's it's back to your original point it's people kind of like it's that they want to just pull this thing off the shelf like <laughs> this is mine you know it's mine and if you say anything about it then it's now it's an interpersonal conflict mm-hmm. instead of an intellectual uh, uh, exchange of ideas or a dialogue and you know john i know you and i've talked about this in the past um because i you know you are someone who we we've had deep conversations even though i'm not a religious person and the thing that i remember you saying at one point is that you know it, your faith is not just supposed to be a bomb or a soothing or, or, or whatever it's also meant to be something that you grapple with and you, you had a very jesuit i would say <laughs> way of phrasing it this is years ago so i don't recall your exact I words know exactly that was basically it, that it's something that yeah no please go ahead and, yeah. and just to clarify it was augustinian not jesuit and, and the, <laughs> Sorry. the priest that i got it from was father laird um Okay, but no, that that's what it is. You know, like you don't, you don't. Sorry, I didn't get the exact thing from ten years ago just right. But I mean, it is. I went to Villanova, man. You know, the the Augustinians and Jesuits. This is a big rivalry. That here. is a Jesuit school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Jesuit. Is it? It's not. It's not. <laughs> that's up there with the the electric smoker, Elaine. What are we doing tonight, man? Are you kidding me? Somebody had told me. Villanova was Jesuit. Yeah, okay. Somebody, okay. somebody lied to you. Listen, I didn't say I had that knowledge. You own that lie too, now, don't you? It's a part of you, isn't it? See, see, I'm willing to give it up. If you tell me something else, I, I'll no, give it I mean, right but back. like, but here's here's something I also learned as I've thought about even this, even even reading and doing a little reading and preparing to talk about my Thanksgiving discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is interesting where theology the line between theology opening you up to faith and theology trapping you in the faith at times in faith can be really difficult to distinguish and i think there are a lot of people that are their faith is trapped inside of their theology and in the discussion that i was having i realized that this isn't a faith discussion this is a theological discussion you know like there is an academic piece of this and I don't I I've recognized that there are some people and I've been a victim of this at times as well where you are confusing the two. You know like mm-hmm. I find that sacred scripture opens you up to the mystery to your point Aleem, and this is going to sound very catholic but it opens you up to the great mystery. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you the opportunity to partake in that mm-hmm. because there is so much I don't I don't care what your tradition is there's so much that we don't know that we don't know. Like the God, existence. I can smell the frankincense already. The mystery yeah. of faith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. um, but I mean, I do think, you know, I was, you know, the, the universe and why the universe exists is a mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you, you, whether you're a person of faith or not, I think you would agree to that. Mm-hmm. Like the universe is to us from right here is mysterious. You know, There's like one on some street corner who says they will tell you that they know, <laughs> they know the reason. Well, and see, I think that's what it all comes back to, though. I think that's what it all comes back to, whether you're talking about, you know, some run of the mill hack, you're talking about some false, like pseudo religious person, or you're talking about a would be dictator. It's all the same idea, right? It's this, it's the blowhard, the person who doesn't really actually know anything, but they have just this, this pure confidence and this narcissism and this ego where they can just say like, Hey, look, it is what it is. And I, there's a part in, in all people, I think that 
you know, as much as we can be critical thinkers, there's a craving for just like, oh, that's an easy answer. Mm -hmm. I feel safe now. I feel good. And like, that's how people get caught up in stuff like that. It's, it's that it's having someone be like, no, I'm, I'm like your, you know, basically father figure or whatever you want to call it. Like I've got the answers. I'll take care of stuff. Like you're good. But this, uh, you don't have to think that, about it or worry. Before you move past that thought question, I'm going to, I'm going to one up you on that and even say that there is only a certain amount of humility that people will tolerate mm. from, from, from their leaders. Right. The yes. Followers yeah. don't want, oh, don't want humble people in, t- in, in, the, in, in their entirety. They want somebody who, who exudes a confidence, even if it's ignorance, you know, even, yeah. even if it's rooted in ignorance. And that's, that's the scary well, part. What does that say about us? It is. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, that's, that's an old George Carlin. I wouldn't call it a joke, but mm. reference point too. It's, you know, yeah. I mean, people like MLK mm. or Gandhi or Jesus or pick any of your peaceful or mm. anybody, right? Like, yeah, they're, they're revered in hindsight after they're dead. Yeah. You read about how they were actually treated in their in their own time, yeah. how they lived. They were not beloved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by a core group, sure, but yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 fascinating, yeah. you know. And I've always worried about that. In that, if you really want to, if the, if you really want people to follow you, you have to exude this 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 com- yeah. a, a confidence that should not that you shouldn't have, basically. <laughs> Yeah, that you, exactly that you shouldn't, shouldn't that, that no. you probably did not earn exactly. it's probably not well exactly. it's probably not well justified exactly. yeah 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 exactly. <laughs> you know you know i, I well, just to, you know to, to run, run back to a few weeks ago when we were talking about Deion sanders and coaching right well why was why was he why was he getting so much traction with his message with it? he exuded a confidence right that was you know, unshakable, right? You know, in his team and his, his ability to lead that team and the ability to win and so forth and so on. I mean, most people should have understood that, yeah, that confidence is probably a little bit misplaced because his team probably isn't as good as he, he, he wants it to be. He wants them to feel that they are, which, but it's his job to make them confident. Right. So I understood that, but I, and I, and I think many people sort of got that, but a lot of people really started to believe that, yeah, that team's going to beat everybody, you know, and not necessarily going to be the case. And then, then it became, you began to look like if you didn't jump on board with that in certain, in certain uh, segments of the population, you were wishing them ill, you know, and then, and then some people were actually, were actually wishing them ill, you know, because some people despise seeing that confidence. So, so there's a, there's gotta be a balance, right? There's there's an overconfidence that's that's misplaced that you probably shouldn't have, and then then there's too much confidence that doesn't that lacks humility and that lacks reason and all those things. And you got to find that happy medium, mm-hmm. right? And it just yeah. and I call it honesty, right? I mean, really, the, the happy medium <laughs> is just being honest, right? You know. Well, but, like, look, there. I think my final point on all of that is, Christian. I think you said it. You framed it in the positive. I framed it in the negative. I think that there is a fear of the unknown. You know, and like when there's something that you can't understand, filling that with something that's convenient in the moment, you know, works. And that's how you latch on to it. And Aleem, I think that's how you get to the point where you're like, yo, I need to hold on to this because not having this as a bedrock exposes me to a fear that I don't know how Mm -hmm. to to deal with. I don't Mm -hmm. know how to rationalize. And, you know, I think that faith also, they're 
you know, faith, there is an element of the unknown, there, inherently of the unknown. Like it really is embracing that as a part yeah. of, you know, life. Absolutely. And I don't think, you know, that is certainly something that applies to, you know, more traditional religious ideologies, regardless of it. But I think it's also just a truism of life. You know, like there's an unknown. There will always be an element of the unknown that exists. And it is hubris to think that you can answer all those questions. And the only thing that you can really do is pursue answers and be open to it. But, you know, that is, I don't, I don't know how in society we get to a point where that is how we, how we exist. Cause I think it also, I love Charles, the Charles Dickens quote from of, of all places, um, uh, a Christmas Carol, but I, I mm. always think about it. He says, we're all fellow travelers to the grave. Mm. And I think it's, mm -hmm. it's short and it's succinct, but I think it really mm. summarizes. And like, look, this is also the time period that he's writing in and London is a terrible place to live. Death. And But also right. it's, it's the eve of the industrial revolution. And, you know, it's going to accelerate so many problems that society has, especially, I guess it's Victorian uh, London but or England. But um, yeah, you know, like there's elements to that. Like, you know, you're together, but, you know, death is un is the unknown. You know, like it is the unknown. Like we're here, we exist, and then we die. Is it just black? Is it blank? Is it something beyond it? You know? And, that, you know, that's, but that's, that's a kind of a deep-seated fear, I think, that lies within our consciousness. So. You realize we started this conversation off talking about Aleem's roadkill turkey, right? So and we, we ended so up. That's, that, that, but that's, that's the unknown right there, right? Aleem was like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to conquer the unknown. I'm going I'm to rationalize this. This conversation, I am now going to sous vide my turkey next year. I'm, I'm committing to that now. I'm full. But, I'm going to finish it off in the broiler. But I, I think this conversation also, I mean, we were talking about difficult conversations that we have. And I will blame Aleem for this because he took us on the tangent to, <laughs> you know, the brother man over here from the fifth flow. Billy. <laughs> Billy. You know, talking that, talking that, talking that street corner knowledge. <laughs> He's from Jersey, well, isn't he? I will he? say this. I, don't I will say this because I'm, I'm the one guy who hasn't gone yet, but I actually did not have any awkward Thanksgiving conversations at all. Not, not to, not to ruin the, uh, nope. the, the opportunity you, for a good laugh here. You ruined it. No, I know, I did, I did. But... That's unusual, isn't it, for you? And this is why I wanted to go last. <laughs> okay, in hindsight, I was wrong, but you, you kicked it off with like, oh man, I had this. And I'm like, all right, well, shit, yo, go for yo, it. this, this is, this is a show. You know how this works. You don't give the people know, what I they know. want right away. You make them wait all the way to the end. <laughs> For that hotness, I didn't. I was. I, I'm sorry. I I caught up with my cousin Christian. I hadn't talked to in a few years and uh, had a great talk with my uncle. It was a great conversation. Christian, you are Walk you are dog. you are on TV. <laughs> you are the most on TV in this person I know. <laughs> you know how this goes, Christian. On TV in this. <laughs> yes. On TV, you make it sound. You make it sound like I am like. Like on on like broadcast or like Netflix Yo. or something like I I give like 
five minute hot hey, takes yo, on viewers, current viewers, events. More hot viewers, takes listeners, I? subscribers, <laughs> right now, just just type. I'm gonna type it right now to see what happens. I got a clean browser. Don't. I'm gonna type Christian Hanley in. You share your screen. Yeah. Like share your, uh, your browser's a lot of things, John. I doubt it's clean, <laughs> but all right. Hey, hey, look, look at this. Look at this. Share the screen. Share well, the first screen. off, first off, who's this dude with the black hair? <laughs> share the screen. Share, the, share screen. the screen. Oh, my God. Wait a second. Wait. I, I think you can. You should yeah. be able to. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, my God. He's speaking in French or is he speaking in English? That's, that's first. We get, let's, let's fix that one first. Yeah, I'm trying to go right here, though. Who's this guy? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who was that guy? Oh, God. Are these the same people? These, these... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can I go to videos? Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to do this. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, we gotta get a video. We gotta get one one bit of commentary. Oh wait, no. Here we go. All right, I got it. I got it. I'm bringing it back up. All right, here we go. This is just again. This is organic. I just typed it in. All right, bam. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 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 my, my latest skin, on yeah, France twenty four. <laughs> my latest. Yeah. Right. It's the first. Wait. Wait. What's it? To indict or not indict Donald Trump? Christian Hanley, Democratic strat, Democrat strategist. Uh, Christian Hanley YouTube. You realize you you realize that the the captions the TV channels put on the YouTube afterwards. I don't write. All right, you get that. Yo, that doesn't make what you're saying any better. The television stations that I appear on, they write the captions. I don't. <laughs> Aleem, Aleem, how many television stations do that for you? Uh, I I haven't had one do it for me at all, actually. Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you happen to work in media in your day job? Um, no, actually, I don't. <laughs> right, so it isn't like I'm doing anything weird here. It's part of my job. Yo, man, Christian <laughs> called me up like two years ago, man. He's like, yo, man, yeah, I, it's, this kind of sucks, man. I got I to gotta get a Times Square for New Year's Eve. Yeah, man, they're, uh, they're putting me up in this hotel, and it's these five-star accommodations and, like, yeah, it's going to be tough. They're paying for my train. I got to thug it out and take business class. And uh, I mean, none I, of that happened. Mm -mm -mm. None of that happened. What happened? None of that happened. I was not put up in a hotel. <laughs> I was different, different TV channel. I'm not going to besmirch the, the one you just mentioned. Different TV channel had asked that I come and do a roundtable discussion um, leading up to the previous election mm. so it's election day 2020 and so political everyone's scrambling <laughs> fine so everyone is scrambling these things always come together last minute big deal whatever and this is like you know this is this is pandemic time you're wearing like an n95 to like go to the bathroom i mean it was everything was just a freaking mess and so, no, I did not get to stay at a I did first of all, I didn't go to Times Square and I didn't stay in a five star hotel. They brought me up on a cellar, you're right. But uh, I get uh, there, I get there, uh-huh. <laughs> I get there, and was I on for a like hour or two roundtable discussion with five other people going back and forth and like no, I was there for a five minute hit 
and then got went back to the train station. <laughs> Did they do your makeup? So Did so, they do your makeup? So that's 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 the stand. They did not. They they did not. They did not. They did not. They did not. Yes, if you if you okay, I'll I'll tell you off offline which which video channel like to look at to see me to see me. No, I'm giving you a hard time. I actually love I love uh and as did my kids. Oh, when we do see you on TV. I love in the past five years how much you've aged. Oh my god, look at him when he look at him. Oh my god. Oh my god, five years of pandemic, divorce, and Irish ancestry. What do we have here? Oh, he got old. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, on that mm-hmm. note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. On that note, <laughs> what's left on our hot takes list? That that was it. Was I think it we open? had some other. Yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty burned, so I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, well, this is your show, Christian. You you you're, you got to be the star, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. We got we got we got a shining star. We should have some like some Christian isms like in every episode where we talk about something Christian has talked about in the past. That would be great. I, I like that idea. Like. Like a topic that you've presented on, or something, you know, on a show. Like we gotta pull up clips. Let's no, that, clips. It, that, it's that all just in sounds creepy. That, yeah. that, <laughs> I like. I think I'm clever, but I ain't gonna go through and like get AI to translate the French. It's not. It's not all in French. It's not. I wasn't even trying to be mean. I'm trying to give you some props. Yo, if y'all don't know, he is Christian is brilliantly multilingual Absolutely. i mean like his french is flawless and i think you can also switch up your french accents because you <laughs> you stayed where did when you when you studied you were in like northern france you were somewhere where there was like a unique and distinct accent he was in the was that you the done? back the back oh, you i'm serious the, I'm, I'm not i'm not trying done? to poke fun no i'm serious <laughs> So I've I've lived and studied in the western part of France when okay. I was young. Okay. But no, you're right. I can do different accents or understand different accents because I've also lived and studied in Canada and I do Canadian media as well as French and American. Uh-huh. Yo, but you y'all you realize like that's not normal like did the you, do you want my resume? Listen, no. if you want a copy of my resume, there, there, there like, what the hell, man? Wait, listen, what, what is this? Wait, 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 first off, Aleem is the person saying, <laughs> we're going to creep out listen, on you. We're just going to internet stalk your previous shows. Listen, Christian, I don't have a lot of friends who do commentary on television. It's exciting for me. So the one time when you told me you were going to be on TV, Renee and I rushed home to see and catch you on television. I don't get to do that a lot, right? So to me, know. you're a celebrity. Just like anybody else. Yo, and, and 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 your niece and nephew feel the same way. There, there you go. So I remember, you. I don't remember what we were doing. It might have been like th- uh, Halloween a couple years ago, and you were on, you might have been on MSNBC or CNBC. I think one of the NBC stations. I don't recall. Mm, um, probably was a couple years ago. It was probably Fox. Yeah, I think it was Fox. Maybe it was, Fox. it was a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. But yeah. we were sitting at, at, the, at, the, at the farm. <laughs> Maybe, was it Gamer? Anyway. <laughs> We were we were trying our best to get through that Wi-Fi to watch you on TV. Yeah, um, yeah. And actually, when you were doing when you were doing the stuff, 
pre-election, I did watch yeah. that too. I mean, I, you know, my French is basically non-existent, <laughs> but I mean, I do think, you know, in, in like all seriousness, program, SAP, that's what I use. It, in all seriousness, it is, it is um, not something to take lightly because it's not just one thing to learn a language. Like when you have the depth of understanding of it to be able to tease out different sounds and then you can tap in culturally to why those sounds make di- uh, uh, mm-hmm. make a difference, what they mean to the region. Like that's a special gift. Yeah. And it's funny, you don't think about it like in, in the USA. I mean, we've got tons of accents, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the Philly accents, mm-hmm. different oh, the Philly yeah. accents. They're all different. Actually. There's a bunch of different Philly accents there are, there and, are. and different slang. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, you know, some of this coming from the outside, they might, oh, well, you know, the New York accent. It wasn't until I got into adulthood and really, you know, Christian spending time, you know, listening to you speak French and some other friends that I could hear when someone's from Paris and when someone's not. <laughs> you know, like I might not know all the regions in France, but it 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 truly is a it truly is a gift. And uh, quick right. question. What do the Basque people speak? Mm. Basque. So is that, is is that is that a related language? Or do they have they kept it so mm-hmm. different from what's around? It's a very isolated language, kind of like Finnish, mm-hmm. where everybody else moved and changed and developed and intermingled all around them. Mm-hmm. But you have to go so far back in the linguistic family tree. You're going basically back towards like early proto mm-hmm. or Indo-European dialects to find common. So it's it's related, like going back towards like. Uh, I don't know if you have to go as far back as Sanskrit, mm. but it's it's pretty far back. Interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> it has nothing to do with with um, romance language. The surrounding yeah. languages, for the most part, yeah, I yeah. See. Interesting. Just yeah. uh, was curious about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you, no, no, no. You were the fine. person who could, who could answer that question at the t- at the moment. So. But I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I guess. So- Anywho, so, um, yeah. So um, we we seems like on that note. <laughs> yeah, I, I do got to say this. Yo, th- there is one thing that I've been learning a lot, and I know we were just kind of talking about you, but you know, in the same only I know that we talked about this offline about our last pod, but like y'all are some special guys, you know, like in the skills and the talents that you have, like they don't happen accidentally. And I know we're kind of laughing and joking, but you know, even to our listeners, you know, you shouldn't be a you know, you should be proud of the things that you're excellent at, you're skilled at. And, uh, I mean, it's one of the things that I admire about you, Christian. I mean, you just kind of casually are great. You know, Naleem, I think you're the same way. But, like, you know, I also appreciate the humility. But, nah, man, like... I, I, I was going to say, I think I could say the same about both of you. Um, although I'm, I am not going to put either of your resumes on the show, because... <laughs> No, I'm, I, but thanks. Thanks for that. Um, lovely detour. But no, I mean, it's it's true. I think that that's something that we all I, I see that with with both of you. I mean, um, it. I think just about anybody could approach either one of you on the street and have a normal conversation and walk away having a great experience, having no idea the great men they just spoke to. It's because you have that um, sense of humility and um, just being grounded, but at the same time, silently in your own lives, just constantly gaining more knowledge, improving your relationships, improving yourselves and and working on yourselves um, in a way that 
you know, over the course of a lifetime, just builds this excellence that you don't need to brag about, don't need to show off. It's just becomes part of who you are. Um, and, and you, you blend that into just that normal guy kind of feeling just that, just that being uh regular people, but you know, deep down you're self-aware and, and dedicated to your own self-improvement. No, uh, I feel like I, I feel charged. I have to say something on the tail end of both of those statements now. First of all, thank you both for <laughs> talking about how wonderful no pressure. I am. Because I, I know I'm great. There's no pressure. <laughs> no, no, but no, I, I think no. I, it, like 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 you said, you know, both both of you guys, uh, you know, it it it's it's useful to when you see people like yourselves who are do carry yourself with a humility, but at the same time. There's such a sense of accomplishment. There's such a there's such there's so much to both of you. There's so much that you've done and that you're continuing to do. It's like sometimes you can be l more humble than you need to be. I guess you know you mm -hmm. you'd like to you'd like to see people uh, express more humility, but at the same time, in this world where it's it's often the case where if you're if you have a certain level of humility, people will overlook your greatness, right? And and that, that's what I, I fear for people who are like yourselves. And 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 so so maybe what I what I what I as you were speaking, John, when you were when you were talking, I started to think I was like, how do you express what you offer this world in a way that you're not just self-congratulatory and, 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 and all of those types of things? And and I think for for the listeners who might be re watching this or listening to what we're saying. I think what we do is that we just act, right? We do what we do well, and we do it as often as we can. We don't have to say how good we do anything. We just have to do it. And other people should be able to understand and receive what we're offering to the world, what we give back, you know, to the world, you know. Uh, and I and I think that's that's really... The, the best effort because you know and john you, you i know you and i have, have talked a little bit about you know some of the the emotional things that we might go through and we might endure not being necessarily the people who are going to put ourselves on a pedestal about something and who are going to be out front and everything and 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 we may be very hard on ourselves you know all of us and and i think yeah, all yeah, of us, all of us are, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're very hard on yeah. ourselves you know in the sense that we 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 criticize and critique ourselves probably more than anybody outside of our us does. And, and not probably, yeah. I would say definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and because of that, we put ourselves at risk to be honest with you. We put ourselves at risk of, of depression, of, of, you know, of, of, of feeling less than, you know, of, of questioning. Depressed? Yeah. Me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you put yourself at yeah. risk of, 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 of not understanding how great you are. Right. Um, so to combat that, I think, again, just just continue to do, you know, don't stop doing, yeah. you know, and, and being everything that you are, wherever you are, and whenever you can. So I, I agree. And I abide by kind of the principle of the talents, the New Testament principle of the talents. It's like if you've got if you've got the talents, not only do you need to use them, but you need to allow them to be cultivated. And I think that last part's the mm -hmm. real challenge because the cultivation isn't always comfortable. You know, sometimes it's not even welcome. Mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean that you don't need it to propel you forward. And I think that belief and talents in what you have 
is what uh, is what really allows you to shine. I had a, a call today and it was interesting. You know, we're working on just a, a really big deal at work. And there's an element of me that still feels like, you know, in the company of these kind of really big players. Um, and, you know, this is a conversation, you know, cross time zones, different actors, just a bunch of different people. And the questions keep coming to me, John, what do you want? What do you want? And I, I've been a CEO now for three, almost three years. And I'm still getting comfortable with totally tapping into my talents to serve in that position. And it still feels weird at time for someone to look at me and say, well, tell us what you want. Tell us what we're looking for. And it happened. And, you know, on this call today, our board chair was on the call. You know, like, again, there were just some other, like, you know, weighty and important people. And it felt like all the attention kept coming back to me. And I should I should understand it as the CEO. And that's just a part of the chair. But me as a person, it still takes some adjusting to get used to. And in the response to the question, the response to the attention, I've got to respond as a CEO. And not that it's different from me, but I've got to go through that cultivation process where it feels challenging. It's like, you know, you have to dig in your talents to rise to the moment. The moment's not going to lower itself to you. And I think that's a part of the process, too. And you, when you don't do that, when you know that you can and when you don't, that's how I find myself getting in a dark place. You know, that's how I can maybe experience some depression. That's certainly how I can experience some anxiety when you know that you have the ability to do it. And yeah. for whatever reason, you don't rise to the absolutely. moment. And then and then when that becomes a habit, yeah, absolutely. that's yeah. when it gets to be yeah. really tough. Absolutely. Because it just spirals. Yeah. And, and spirals. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Killing yeah. me softly yeah. with his soul. So, but that's also, that's also why we, we got this, this pod too, you know, like, you know, for, I like to think when we talk about getting better, you know, like mm. that's, that the emphasis is really there, mm -hmm. you know, like the three of us mm -hmm. are very different, but also bound in a very unique and special way. And, you know, how do we get better? Yeah. Like, it's not easy to talk about being depressed. Like it's not, Yeah. like, I don't, you know, it's not easy to talk about it because it's also an admission and it's a vulnerability to the outside world that nah, like mm -hmm. I got some stuff. I really got to, I, I have to work to be who I am. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't come easy. Mm -hmm. And that should sound yeah. like, well, that makes sense, but that's not really the expectation that people have of you. When you show up at work, people won't say is depressed, depressed Aleem here or is fresh <laughs> Aleem here. Right. It's like Aleem is right. at work. Aleem is an engineer, you know, like he's going to, He's yeah. gonna talk about those other dilations, <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Yeah. But the reality is, it it takes a lot. Uh, what I'm, what I've learned is that it does take effort to be healthy. It does take effort to be your best, and we should know yeah. that. You know, we you know we all have we were all athletes, um, and obviously yeah. Aleem and I went a little bit further than you, Christian. <laughs> But even as professionals, a little bit, <laughs> even as professionals, though, getting to getting to that place where, OK, we've got to this. Now, how do we go further? Do you want to go further? 
you know, my last point, because I know we're way over when we said we were, but <laughs> just a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, no, Christian, I, I was <laughs> from from the guy who was saying, let's keep it short tonight where it's getting kind of late. <laughs> I, I well, was, you know, totally when I read that from John, I was like, John is about the longest right. winded. <laughs> Aline. Aline. You, you, Aline. you make me look like Aline. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna walk I'm gonna like do a meeting, then walk the dog, then we can start, but let's keep it let's you know, just just do a well, quick well, hour. Well, well, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, I was talking to one of our classmates. This is it. Then I really am done. Then we gotta we gotta wrap up, but this is one of our classmates that, that did very well uh, and went to okay. a big firm somewhere on the east mm-hmm. coast. And was miserable. And it wasn't that this person was miserable because they were homesick or because they had other external issues. When they got to the firm, figuring out how to compete, how to take the next level, like when that cultivation process and all those other factors that don't exist at a place like Howard Law, when all of a sudden you're in the real world and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it. And not meeting with success immediately, like it's confusing, it's disorienting, mm-hmm. you know, the cultivation process can be, can just be challenging. And when people are expecting you to show up and be a certain way, but you don't have the energy because you're spending so much time trying to figure out what you don't know, you know, that's when it becomes overwhelming. And then you stop trying as hard because you're uncertain, you know, you don't step with that confidence. And it took a while talking with this person ended up leaving their firm after a couple of years and had to really just recalibrate and start to build a team of support, uh, had to start building a team of support around this person because this person wasn't going to go out like that. <laughs> and I, I've, for what it's worth, done the same thing this past year. You know, like having that team of support, that professional help, the professional team of support to give you what you need to really tap into your talent to rise to those new challenges. And I know that we've offline talked about, you know, therapy and about counseling, but, you know, like, what good is your talent if you don't feel like you can tap in and use it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. I've been dealing with that for years. Been dealing with that for better. years. I only feel like now we are, we are. I, though I will say, I, you know, it's, it's funny you bring this up today and this will be my last contribution because I know we have to call it a night, but I, I really feel as though, it's only been these past few days. It's really only been since Thanksgiving for whatever reason that I'm still trying to figure out that for the first time since before even knowing you, John, even before law school, that I really feel like I am capable, like I'm competent, like I can use the talents that I not only have, but worked to acquire through years of, of, of study and in practice I, I only now I'm starting to feel like I can avail myself of those. It's been years since my early twenties that I really felt like I was not good enough and couldn't do what I needed to do for myself. And all of a sudden, and you know, I shouldn't say all of a sudden there's been therapy. There's been a, a buildup. There's been a lot of personal work going on, of course, but really it's been right now that I'm starting to like feel back in that healthy zone again. So you know, getting better. Absolutely. Fantastic. That's what we got to do. That's what I, I'm with you 100%. Like, I feel, I've been feeling the same way. And you don't realize yeah. how much time you spent being unhealthy until you get to the healthy place. Oh, and you're like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Was I, yeah. I was like that for that long. Mm-hmm. 
and that's, that gets I, wild, man. It gets well, wild. and that's that's the thing that I have to. That's like another step I'm working on right now is like self forgiveness. I guess you could call it. Is like, oh yeah, like okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't make up for lost time. It is what it is. But at least I've learned this a lot. This sounds so. like another topic we could really go into on another another. Show I was gonna like say, I think this is a whole other episode. We're just yeah. That, that, that's a lot of unpacking to do. On, on to be honest with you, that yeah. that can yeah. get challenging. <laughs> well hey i'm i'm up for it if you are i am so as long as you don't bring the turkey lee listen next year <laughs> I, you know what it might even be christmas sous vide turkey you better fry that turkey okay you you do sous vide turkey i am i swear i'm making those t-shirts and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sh- we're gonna show up in matching t-shirts. We are going to sell those t-shirts on this podcast. <laughs> I survived. I survived the salmonella at Secaucus. You, look, you gotta have a yeah. turkey in a bag picture behind. <laughs> yeah. You need to have a limp, cartoonish-looking yellow turkey. Have you ever? Have you, mm-hmm. Serious question though. Have you ever sous vide anything large? Anything like like people do it with steak and everything? It's not a bad method. It's, it keeps things it keeps moisture in, obviously, right? And then you you obviously wouldn't do it start to finish. You have to finish it off. You want some color, obviously, to it, and you want some texture on the outside. But as far as cooking the turkey, it's just like it's it's just like frying it. Think about it. It's it is frying it in with water. You've been listening in a to plastic bag you, on the Jersey Turnpike. You you've been reading woke. You've been we you've been reading woke doesn't mean broke. That's what I hear. That's, that's what I hear. You out here talking that garbage. Oh, we're gonna do it. Gonna oh do my it. god. Yeah. Oh and my god. A big pot of water instead of a big pot of oil. I'm. It's li- listen, listen. It's a, it's done. We're doing it. What I'm gonna do. And put the compound right. butter in there. All right, listeners. Uh, I'm John Gordon. Okay. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Christian Hanley. And uh, for more for more of Aleem Boatwright's Trailer Park Recipes, you can go to... <laughs> you can go to salmonellaandseacaucus.com. Listen, oh, man. All right. God, oh. Hash forward Gentlemen. slash tetanus. Tetanus. <laughs> Oh, y'all don't know. You'll see. You'll see. It's, it's gonna be. I call it water. I call it water frying. I call it water frying, and then everybody's gonna get on. Everybody's gonna want to do it, right? Water fry my turkey. That's just called poaching. <laughs> this is oh, like. Why is it this just, is this like is boiling. This, this they're boiling. This, boiling. Is, this is like this is. <laughs> This is like this is like eat everything Italians. Omnivores is already a word for it. There's already a word. There's already a word. Water fried turkey. Water fried turkey. That that sounds horrific. All right. On that note, gentlemen, as always, a pleasure. Likewise. Always. Peace. <laughs>